Thank you, brother. Happy New Year. Almost, almost there. Yes, this is the last day of this year. It happens to be Sunday. It's also a privilege that I get to preach the last message for this year. It's an honor and a privilege. Again, for those who may not know me again, my name is Daniel. I'm one of the pastors here. Those who are joining us online, we are grateful. Those who are at the Overflow uh, and also for the Family Overflow, we are grateful to God. And just because this is the Word of God and we do not do this because of ourselves, allow me to pray even as we get into the Word of God. It is your Word, Lord. It is not about us. It is about you. I pray that you would use me this morning for your glory, that we may hear your word, and at the entry of your word, there is light. Thank you, because your word is alive. It is active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Through your word, you correct us, you train us in righteousness, O God. So I pray that you alone may be glorified this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last day, last day. Can you believe it's the last day? Some of us are waking up saying, oh, study first. Yes, it is. I don't know what you do. What is your tradition at the beginning of the year or even this study first? What do you do? Maybe some of us go to church and we pray. We want to make sure that we want to start well. So we spend time in the presence of the Lord and we pray. Maybe you go to a worship concert. You were there. We used to do that a lot when I was younger. We would go there and we would worship the Lord. Maybe you're here. The thing that you know how to do best is to clean your house. So you want to make sure that at the beginning of this year, you want to begin well. Hopefully knowing that that is going to be the norm for the rest of the year. Or are you going to go like the most of us are going to do, go see the fireworks? Yes? Take videos and pictures which you will never see again. <laughs> see people with their phones. Oh, this is amazing. And we do this a lot. Or are you going to get wasted? Are you going to drink that you forget your name and everything that you did the whole of last year or this year? What is it that you're planning to do? Because as you review the year, do you also plan? My wife is a planner. You know, she is amazing in how she writes down what we need to do. Resolutions. Are you going to make a resolution? Things that you write down and on the, in December you look back, you're like, oh, I thought I wrote this was okay. <laughs> and now you look back, you never did what you're supposed to do. In fact, when I think about resolution, uh, the beginning of 2016 was an amazing year because we just got married in December of 2015. So we just uh, celebrated eight years together with my wife. We thank God for that and what he continues to do. So you can imagine my part of my resolution 2016 was about my wife. In fact, I said one of the resolutions I want to do, we, were, we are going to walk together, to have walks together. You know, at least do that three times in a week. Even force it and say, this will remind me to walk with the Lord. You know the way I force the things that I see. 
But even as we decided and as I decided to walk with my wife, I remember one day I, we are just walking. Love is in the air. I'm excited about marriage. Everything seems nice. We are walking. Their trees are green. Even when the babies are crying, they are just sweet and they look cute because there is love in the air. Nothing is, but everything is perfect. And we are talking. And as we were walking, my wife shouted, hey, watch out. And I looked down, I almost stepped on a snake. Now, let me tell you, me and snakes, we are not friends. <laughs> but I shouted, and you can imagine, because now what I did, I picked her up, and I saved her, and I ran. <laughs> that was what was supposed to happen, but let me tell you what actually happened. <laughs> It is not a proud moment, but let me tell you what happened. I stepped over and I took off. I took off and I was running and she was shouting. I couldn't hear what she was saying, but she was shouting something. And I looked back just to check what was going on. When I came back, I thought she was saying, are you okay? No, she wasn't saying that. She was shouting, you left me! <laughs> and I came with my head held down like this. In my defense, I was saying, at least, at least if one of us got beaten, the other one would take <laughs> the other one to the hospital. But that, I've been reminded that for the eight years. <laughs> it wasn't a proud moment for me. But that resolution makes me remember the many things that I also promised and wrote down that I want to do. You see, New Year, New Year has a way of making us think about new beginnings. And even write down new beginnings of the things that we want to do. For some of us, we feel lost when we think about 2023. We feel sad because of what has actually happened or what was supposed to happen and never happened. Some of us who are soccer fanatics, who keep every year, we say, this is our year, this is our season. And some team for the last 25 years, they've been saying the same, same thing. This is our season. But nothing happens. But you could be there and you're looking at, and you're hearing this and you could be saying, this was a great year for you. Because this was the year that you got a job. This was the year that you got married. This was the year that you bought a house. And that probably caused you to know God and also caused you to draw closer to God. Well, today as you consider what new beginnings look like for you, we will see how God does beginnings. How right from the beginning of the beginnings how God did it, the internal God who became human, fully God and fully human. You're going to see how he is glorified even as he made the great resolution. Allow us, or allow me to read for you John chapter 1 verse 1 to 5, then we're going to jump to verse 14. Scripture says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God, he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, 
And the life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. We go back to the beginning. We start understanding who this word is. And every time you hear the word, word, we are talking and referring to Jesus Christ. In this text, we are going to see four things. Number one, we are going to see the word is eternal. Jesus is eternal. We are going to see that the word created us. Jesus created us. We are going to see the word is life. Light of men. And this is Jesus. And finally, we are going to see the greatest resolution. Where we see the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. These four points are divided into three, into two. The first three tell us who God is. And the last one tell us what he did. The book of John is an amazing book. It is an amazing book that talks about many things. And the author, John himself, writes one thing that always comes out. He talks about believe. The word believe is mentioned 98 times. Causes you to know there's something about this book, about us believing. This book is about salvation which is found in Jesus. Saying that you must believe. In fact, He talks about this in John chapter 20 verse 31 where he is almost giving us why he wrote this book. The intentions of writing this book. He says, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And even as I begin and as we continue, the question then that lies in our hearts This day, as we come to the end of this year, as we begin 2024, who do you believe? What do you believe? Do you know this Jesus? Is Jesus just somebody you say and you come to? Or is it somebody that you actually believe that he is a son of God? Let's see who this Jesus is as the word. Because we start by looking at that Jesus is eternal. The word is eternal. The Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In what? The beginning. The word. The word. There was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The beginning mentioned here means the beginning of all creation. Christ was existence before the creation. In all creatures and everyone that was there, he was there in the beginning. In the beginning we are told that God spoke and said, let there be. This is Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Let there be and it was. And here we see this creative word. The spoken expression of God in a person. He is in the beginning with God. He was before all things. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. In fact, when you look at verse 10 of John chapter 1, he says that he was in the world and the world was made through him. In the beginning, we are told the word was not only with God, but was himself God. He possessed and manifested the very nature of God who was eternally with. This teaches us that the word was The second person of the Trinity. Do you believe who Jesus is? 
not just as a prophet, not just as a good man, not just as somebody who came into this world and did miracles, but as God himself. You see the word translated word in this verse is a Greek word logos. Logos refers to a speech, reasoning, explanation of a word about something. This is who Jesus is. The perfect expression of who God is. Jesus is everything God has ever said or will say. He is everything God is about in human form. That's why we look at it and say, and the word was with God and the word was God. With this brilliant statement, we see the most basic foundation of our faith, the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In the beginning of here, as we see that this happened, not when creation was being created, in the beginning, before the beginning. And he was eternal. As we come to the end of this year, and also as we come to the beginning of next year, who do you believe? Where have you placed your belief? Do you see Jesus as eternal? As the one who was there from the beginning? This is what we're saying. The father is not the son. And the son is not the father. Yet they are equally God. With God, the Holy Spirit making one God in three persons. We thank God that next year we are going to get a time where we are going to learn more about the Trinity. But why is this important? Why is it important that Jesus is eternal? Why is it important that he has been there from the beginning? You see, brothers and sisters, time change. Time change. Things change. We live in a world which is fleeting. Things change. Today you wake up, you're happy. Tomorrow you wake up, you're sad. Things that are surrounding us causes us to be happy or to be sad. And therefore, we cannot find stability in the things of this world. Tomorrow you have it. The next day you don't have it. We live in a city where we depend on whether you have a visa or not. When you lose your job, you know it is over. You need to go back home and people at home are looking at you. We live in a world where today you have money, tomorrow you do not have it. You never know what tomorrow brings. It is important because this word which is eternal provides stability. It provides reassurance and a firm foundation. You see, Jesus is the only one who we can, who can depend on. The one who has been there every year since the beginning of beginnings. He's the only one who has been consistent. He knows he has been there. We can trust him. He is eternal. The word is eternal. And so as we go to the second point, Jesus is the creator. We start seeing that there is something here. Who is this God? Who is this word? The word created us. The Bible says in verse 3, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made. That has been made. In fact, one of the portions of scripture that really describes Jesus in a better way is found in Colossians. Chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. 
It's one of my favorite quotation or description of who Jesus is. Scripture says, Paul says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been made, been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Not only did he make the universe, but he is the power that holds it together. He holds everything together. Several scriptures here that really pronounces this fact and this truth. Because you see, what Paul is saying here is that Jesus has the ultimate position of honor and holds divine power over all created order. Everything in creation was made by Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus. Now, these are the scriptures. The first one is Romans chapter 11, verse 36. Allow me to show you some of this scripture because scripture is powerful. The Bible says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. 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 Yes. He was there in the beginning from creation when all things were made through him. He is the one seated at the right hand of God in the heavenly realms. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 to 21 says, And he's incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the might, mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. For above all rule and authority is power and dominion and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but also in the one to come. He is the end goal of creation. He is the end goal of creation. Can I say that one more time? He is the end goal of, of creation. It is about him. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 says, You are worthy our Lord and our God to receive glory and honor and power. For you created what? And by your will they were created and have their being. What a better way to end the year by believing in this truth that the word created us. The word is eternal, but the word also created us. You see, trusting him is meaningful as we are his creation. How then, how dare we then, I say that, worship creation instead of the creator? Because we find ourselves every other day bowing down to the things of this world, being attracted to the things of this world. Saying things, but we do not accomplish them. We are weak. We are broken. But we serve a God who has been there eternally. We serve a God who not only was there from the beginning, but he is the creator. In the in a world of innovation, we are constantly seeing the great innovators of our age. And the age past telling us what they have created. The one who created the bulb say this is a bulb and told us what the bulb does. It gives light. It gives light. The one who created the automobile created it 
and say the reason for creating this, this horseless courage to transport us. But think with me, who created us? It is God who created us. He calls us sons and daughters. And he told us the reason why we are here is to give him the glory, to worship him, to bow down before him, and to honor him. That even as we plan, we don't plan as though we do not know what he has done and who he is. We do it because it is all about him. All things exist because of him and for him. Everything exists because of him. You see, we struggle with the greatest question of mankind. Who am I? And what am I here for? I know, as you see there, some of us, it is not very clear who we are. It is not very clear why we're here on this earth. You see, in our successes and failures, we are caught in trying to find relevance and purpose in life. And even as the years start, most of us have a long list of what we want to do to achieve and to accomplish. Depending on something or what we are feeling. If we are down, we want to really feel okay. I was writing those resolutions in 2016. Love was in the air. I was excited about my marriage. I can tell you, and I know my wife is seated somewhere here. Most of the things I wrote, I was excited about how life is going to be. I thank God that eight years, we're still together. But you know what? It's not about my effort. I have a responsibility, but ultimately, it is God who makes it possible. It is God who keeps us going and moves us. So for us, we don't look at ourselves and say it is our ability, but we look to God that he may guide us and continue to be with us. You see, in Jesus, we find who we are. In Jesus, we find our definition of life. Now, let me tell you this. In Jesus, we do not find what to do. We do not find what to do. We find who, who to be. Because it has already been done for us. For us is to believe and to move on. Jesus is the one who holds our life together. We are alive today only because by his good grace, he makes life possible. Amen. Jesus is the one who gives meaning to life. It has been said that three things make life worth living. Three things. Number one, a self-fit to live with. A faith-fit to live by. And a purpose-fit to live for. But let me tell you, all these three things are possible in Jesus Christ. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, let's say together, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it into the full. Another translation says life abundantly. In the full means that you know, it is assured we have it. For he is the one who makes it possible for us. 
Jesus is the one who gives eternity, eternity in our lives. Those who know Jesus by faith will live eternally. John chapter 11, 25, 26 says that I am the resurrection and life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? I hope you believe this. He makes life permanent. You see, you might be thinking real living is about achieving all your goals in 2024. And actually do pray that you do achieve. But those will not satisfy. Real living. Being the healthiest version of you. Reaching all your goals. Having an impact. Real living is more than walking, talking, eating, breathing and loving. Real living. Abundant life. Joyful life. Is found in knowing God and being known by him. It's found in him, knowing him and being known by him through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. First John chapter 5 verse 11 and 12 talks about this life. The end of verse 12 says, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not. Life, life is found in him. He is a source of life. And so John follows this thought When we see verse 4 and 5 of John chapter 1, it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overtaken it, overcome it. And so point number three, Jesus is life. The word is life. If you remember, we started by seeing Jesus as the creator. In the beginning, he was there. In him, all things hold together and now. We see in verse 3, John reminds us again, That in him we see life. There is life. Taking us back to creation. But also pointing us to the cross. Because scripture there says. And that life was the light of man. Or all mankind. John tells us that Christ was life. He was life in which. This light. Is the light of man. That that not only was. The source. Of life but also the source of salvation. He is a source of life. He is a source of salvation. In him was life. The word is a source of life. In our lives even today. You see the light of Christ prevails against darkness. That even when Satan tries and attempts to extinguish it. It fails. Everything we do in this world. We live in a world where there is a lot of darkness. But see what Paul says. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 and 6, the Bible says the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. One amazing author and preacher called Steve Lawson says this. To sum up this thought. He says, if you know Jesus, you know he is enough. If you do not know Jesus, nothing is enough. But if you know him, you know for sure that he is enough. If you don't know him, you will never be satisfied. 
Because in him, there is satisfaction. Because he not only saves, he not only sustains, he satisfies. We are satisfied in him. And so we come to this great resolution in verse 14. Where we see the Bible says, and the word became flesh and made dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So far, John has reminded us that Jesus was in the beginning with God. Jesus is God and Jesus is creator as well. He has told us that life originates from Jesus and salvation is found in Jesus. And that is amazing. And that we could say it is enough. But more than that, we see verse 14. We see the love of God to mankind. Where this word, who was eternal, the creator, and was life, he becomes flesh and dwells among us. To use a big theological word, we say incarnation. Incarnation simply means God became human, Jesus, fully God and fully man. He became a bridge between us and God. That is the gospel. That he made a way where there seems to be no way. John 14 verse 6 says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus came to make a way for all of us. Also, Paul says this. Says this in a better way. He says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 and 8. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of as Christ, of Jesus Christ. Who being the very nature God did not what? Consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. That's such a humbling, humbling statement. God, king of kings, the creator Becomes the creation. He comes to dwell among us. He chooses not to be God. Jesus being God did not use advantage of being God himself. But he emptied himself by taking the very nature of a servant. A servant is actually translated as a slave. He became nothing. So that we can have everything. That's why I can trust him and no other God. For he had everything but he gave it freely to us. But why is this important? It is important because you see we have a problem. We are born with a problem and the problem is our sinful nature. You see scripture says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And one of the struggles that we have, we are self-centered. We are selfish. I was telling the folks in the first service, in uh, uh, the service at nine, that my daughter, my daughter is one year, four months. But her, her greatest word, her favorite word right now is mine. Mine. 
Nobody taught her that. Of course, the brother, you know, the, the older brother. But everything she sees, it's hers. She did not go to the shop to buy. She was given everything. But everything all of a sudden is hers. It is a nature we are born into. We, it is within us. Nobody teaches kids what sin is. They are born in this sin. And that is a problem of mankind. You see, if you do not know your problem, you will not know when the solution comes. But because we know the problem, guess who the solution is? It is Jesus Christ. He became flesh. You see, Jesus therefore becomes man and shows us how to live and gives us the power to do so. Dwelling among us, we have accessibility to God through Christ and experience the impact of God's presence. So what? So, so, so what, pastor? The so what is answered by grace and truth. And grace and truth spells out that we then have freedom. We no longer live in the slavery of sin, but we have been set free by this grace and truth God's unmerited favor and love and burden in Jesus' interactions with sinners. Truth, divine revelation of God's character and will seen in Jesus' word and action. You see, the beginning of 2016, I desire to walk with my wife. And we still do that. But I pray that the greatest desire even for us moving forward in the years is that we desire to walk with Jesus. We desire to walk with him, with the understanding of who he is and also what he did in our lives. One of my favorite artists called Jeremy Camp did a song, and I want, us, and I want to read part of the song as I come to the end of my message today. He says, freedom was something I never found. Freedom was something I never found. Trying to fix, trying to, to find six feet underground under the weight of all my sin. Fighting the fight that I couldn't win. Then you rescued me. And now I can breathe. I was a dead man walking until I was a man walking with you. I was a blind man falling until I felt the life you've calling me to. Pulling me out of the darkness and pulling me out of the lies. Putting the beat in my heart again. I was a dead man walking until you love these dead men walking back to life. We were dead. But God gave us life. 2024. Is this an year when you are going to go look for your favorite preacher who gives you statements by the end of the year nothing has happened? Where you say, this is my year. It is not your year. It is, belongs to the Lord. He has been there from the beginning. Let's put our trust in him. That we do not longer walk in feeling that we are unworthy. Or judging ourselves and feeling guilt and shame. Or having a high view of ourselves and pride. Or walking in darkness. Or in condemnation. That has already been done by God. You see the antidote for all these problems. Is a God who dwells 
he came and dwelt amongst us. He made the greatest resolution because when the darkness closes in, the light and the life shines in our lives. Are you going to have the right start of next year? You can by trusting Jesus. Trusting the one who is eternal. Trusting the one who created us. Trusting the one who is life that gives light to men. Trusting the one who became like us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He made the greatest resolution. What is your greatest or what is your resolution for 2024? Let's pray. Father, what we do not know, we continue to ask that you may help us to know it. That which, Lord, we do not even have, Lord, we ask that you would give us for your glory. 2023 has come to an end. But we have faith that 2024 belongs to you, O oh God. You go before us, Lord. You are the one who is a king. You are the one who is the beginning and the end. And we trust in your name even this day. That Lord, all the things that you have done is for your glory. I pray that Lord you may cause us to trust and put our trust in you. Because you are eternal. You are creator. You are life. And you became flesh, O oh God. You made this great resolution. Help us, Father, to choose to follow you. Because having you, Lord, we have enough, Lord. We love you so much. And we say without you, we are nothing. So help us and guide us for your glory and our joy. In Jesus' name.